Good morning, everyone. We will be um, having our breakfast, and they're beginning to serve that, as you all know. And Janine will be down in a few minutes. And um, what I would like to do is, because we are streaming, is to begin the story. So if you can eat along, but if you've got a story to tell, um, that would be wonderful. Um, do we have anybody here at breakfast for when the tails start, the guide dog tails start, who could be a volunteer mic runner? Well, I'll ask again. Thank you. And um, we will, we, so all of you out in what they used to call radio land, get some coffee, get some breakfast, um, join us, and um, we will be, we will be back. I will take this opportunity for your understanding to announce once again that there will be a top dog, a top dog event in January of 2019. It will be held somewhere in the state of Georgia, and we will all ensure that as news comes out about that event, that it will be spread far and wide. So just start saving up. We'd love for some of you who are interested to come and join us. And so just um, put up with some dishes clanking and some talking in the background, <laughs> and we will be back. Thank you. Good morning again, ladies and gentlemen. Um, within five minutes, even though you're still eating, we're going to begin our guide dog tales. Our fearless host, Tess, <laughs> Janine Stanley is here, and so she will be... Um, she will be moderating this. We have a wonderful gentleman named Kyle, um, one of our volunteers who will be running the mic. So eat, and when we start in about five minutes, if you would like to tell a story, just chew a little bit, and then we'll <laughs> and we'll um, we'll be ready to hear your stories because we don't want any more dead air on the stream. And we want to have as much time for all of you to tell stories as possible. Um, I'm going to announce one more time just for people on the radio and those of you who came in later. And Janine will do this again at the end of the program. We will have a top dog event in 2019, January, somewhere in the state of Georgia. So start saving your money and looking forward to that. I also um, want to take this opportunity to... Thank you all once again. Um, I had a little Amtrak glitch, so I'll be here for part of the breakfast, but I won't be unless I decide to tell a story on Dina. Um, <laughs> there are no stories on Dina. Um, I will. I will not be speaking to you again at this event over the radio. And but thank you all for listening on the radio. Thanks most of all to all of you who have come and been so kind and enthusiastic about participating in any everything. So um, we're going to get Kyle, and um, we're going to we're going to start. So thank you, everyone. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you from all the team. Kyle, are you here? Could you come up here, sweetie? <coughs> All right, Janine, as soon as she finishes munching her little croissant, um, we're going to begin. So begin thinking of your stories, and life will be good. Well, for somebody who said she wasn't going to be talking to you again over the microphone, um, 
Janine is, is going to start in just a moment, but we have um, a wonderful authoress, poetess among us, and she's kind um Anne Chipetta from the great state of New York, and she is a friend of many of us, and several of us have read her wonderful book of poems entitled Upwelling. And so um, we are passing the microphone, since Annie isn't here to tell you herself, we're passing the microphone to Becky Davidson, Kyle, red shirt, hand up in the back. Um, and as soon as Becky finishes telling all of us how we can get Annie's book in accessible format, then the microphone will indeed be turned over to Janine for our guide dog tales. Good morning, everyone. It's Becky. Um, I just wanted to, we just wanted to let you know that Annie's book is widely available. It's a short little book of wonderful poetry called Upwelling. It's available through iTunes, so you can download it on iBooks. It's available from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any of those websites. It's readily available for download. If you have questions about it, you can email Annie at Annie CMS. It's A-N-N-I-E. C is in candle, M is in Mary, S is in Sam, 64 at gmail.com. Um, it really is a great book. I think you'll enjoy it. Thanks. All righty. Good morning, everyone. They're, they're either all eating or they're still asleep or... <laughs> So this is Janine, and we are going to start our end of Top Dog. I know, it's very sad. We're going to start our end of Top Dog Tall Tales, because we have to go out in a blaze of glory or something like that. So I want you all to be thinking of our theme today is going to be the ups and downs. So we're going to be telling those funny stories that bring us up, make us smile. And please, folks, we are on the radio, and it is Sunday morning, so we will keep it uh, suitable for work, shall we say, and uh, PG. So we'll tell the funny, happy stories, and then if you have a sad story or two, that's okay, too. So I am going to do speaker's privilege and let our... Dear friend and busy, busy person, Miss Debbie Grubb, go first with a story about one of her beasties. And oh, it couldn't ever be the delightful Dina. <laughs> you know, I have three, I have many good friends, but three of my good girlfriends, Janine is one of them, had dogs like Dina. So independently, totally independently of each other, when I would come in the room at a conference or see them, Janine would say, how is Jerry Lee? Many years ago, Janine had a little guide dog named Jerry Lee, and she called her the rock and roll dog because of Jerry Lee Lewis. And then my friend Pam and my friend Valerie. Pam would say, how is Wendy? And Valerie would say, and how is my Bridget doing this morning? So I'm going to tell you a funny story. Guys, can I just say something? We all need to have our breakfast, but remember, we're on the radio. So if you could please... When you need to speak to the servers, please do it quietly because we want to hear everybody's stories. So Dina is the, the spokes child now for everybody that's had a spirited, funny, fearless, intrepid dog. So I'm going to tell you a story about my little Dina that happened while I was here. On Friday, 
Um, I had specifically asked if I could have a few moments with Lucas Frank. And as all of you know who know him, he was very gracious to provide me that. So we were, we were talking and he said, Debbie, let me see your dog a minute. I said, okay. So he's come here, girl. And then he started to laugh. And I said, what did she do now, Lucas? And he said, I didn't want to tell you, but I saw this red on her head, on her ear. I didn't know if she was bleeding, if she had a tumor, what was going on with her. And then, and he said, it's mint candy. And earlier, earlier that morning, Dina had gone under John Richard's chair, our streamer, and had obviously stolen candy out of his convention bag. And so here is Dina smelling like peppermint with all of this stuff. And Lucas, you know, here he is, one of the top people in the field, and he's helping me pick pieces of peppermint candy out of my dog's head and ears. So I thought we, I thought we would just get a very good start. So Dina is almost eleven. She's going to be retiring soon, but she's still as mischievous and naughty and endearing and intrepid as ever. Here you go. All righty. So Kyle is running our microphone. Thank you so much, sir. So let's get our first story. Introduce yourself and where you are from. And let's hear, we'll do one story at a time per person so everybody gets a chance. Okay, who do we have as our first? Wow, I wasn't expecting it to be me. All right. <laughs> Uh-oh. Working. Yep. Okay. This is Jane Sheehan from Silver Spring, Maryland. And I normally tell waffle stories since there were so many of them. But this time I'm going to tell a nugget story. Um, there aren't that many. Okay, where'd it go? Yeah. It keeps cutting out. Um, this happened in March of this year. This was Nugget's birthday. And Nugget liked to help my husband do the dishes. Um, licking the dishes, you know, when, when he was putting them into the dishwasher, or the bottom rack. Well, I was busy doing something, and all of a sudden I hear this tremendous crash, bang, and, and dishes flying. And the, the bottom rack of the dishwasher had caught on Nugget's collar. And he's running through the house. Dishes were flying in his cake, clattering and flying through the air. And Pat's yelling, catch him, catch him, grab him. And I'm yelling, waffle, I mean, I mean, nugget, stop, nugget, stop. And I finally caught him and, and disconnected him from the, uh, the rack of the dishwasher. Luckily, we have Corel wear, so nothing broke, nothing broke. But he didn't go into the kitchen for three days, boy. He's never helped with the dishes since. That is the ultimate correction for that kind of behavior. <laughs> Alrighty, who is next? All right. Oh, here we go. This is Sam Hogle from Georgia with Flash. So I'll tell one about um, my retired guide, Mason, who I still have at home. And actually, it's funny Jane brought the kitchen, because this is also with the kitchen. <laughs> um, so Mason had his, his flaws. You know, they all have their little things. But one thing he never, ever, ever did is he never got on the counter, ever. You could leave something on the very edge, all that. But one day we had um, we'd had pizza delivered, and I was upstairs, and this is, I guess, the first year I had them, so I was typically, you know, 19-year-old, whatever. I was on Facebook, not even paying attention. And I didn't hear any noise, and I was the only one in the house, and animals were whatever. We, and we have multiple animals in the house. You know, sometimes they'll work together. 
So my mom got home and she came up and she asked me if I knew anything about the empty pizza box laying in the middle of the floor. And I said, I said, no. I said, not that I know of. Well, what we finally pieced together just based on knowing their personalities and observations later and everything was, I guess Mason wanted it and our cat jumps up on the counter and just put, shoves the box off the counter on the floor. And then Mason got his pizza, not having to do anything for it. <laughs> I think your cats have been reading my cat's Facebook page, so <laughs> fantastic. We always say in our house, the cats will push it on the floor so the dogs can get in trouble. <laughs> All righty. Who is our next person? Hi, this is Tony Ames from Fresno, California. I have so many stories that I, you can't even imagine picking one, but... When I got my first guide dog, Charm, by the way, I think I'm the longest guide dog user here. I got my first dog 50 years ago. Wow. <laughs> and I was not absolutely sure of all the things guide dogs could do for you. I was in the Bronx, and I was about to cross the entryway to the highway, and I could not tell when the light changed because when the light was in my favor, there were cars turning, and I just stood there probably for three or four minutes. And finally, my dog Charm said, I'm gonna be here all day if I wait for your command, let's go. And I was so thrilled and so amazed that she could make that safe decision. Now you wanna? All right, and that is one of those moments that I think we all have when that first thing happens to us that happened because of and with the dog. All righty. Hi, this is this is Margo. Hi. And I and I want and I want to tell the story about the time that a crate followed me. Yeah. I know. You wouldn't think. Okay, so when I got Isis, um, we were playing and the bone fell Behind the behind the bed, I mean, in you know, kind of underneath. And so I went across. I know. No, I ain't out there. Uh, and so um, I thought, well, you know, I couldn't get to it, and she couldn't get to it. So I thought, well, let me go get my cane, and I'll fish it out. And so I started across the room. My cane was in the closet, which was across the room. And all of a sudden, there was a crate behind me, following me. Yeah, it was, it was following me. I thought, I didn't know inanimate objects did that, but okay. And what Isis did is she moved the crate so she could get to the bone herself. The ingenuity. And um, Margo has quite an interesting life these days, having a dog named Isis. <laughs> yeah. All righty, who do we have next? I want to tell you about the day I brought three dogs to work with me without knowing it. And then my name is Jean Scheiner from New Hampshire. So I had my regular dog from Fidelco, a German Shepherd. I was raising a dog from Guiding Eyes, a lab. So we were walking down the street. The lab was on my right, the shepherd on my left. And we ran into this dog, and it somehow 
got tangled up with the dog, the puppy. And I was walking down the street, and the owner came and said, you have my dog. And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> and she said, yes, you, uh, you do. So I realized that not only was I bringing two dogs with me to work, but I was bringing three. <laughs> well, she took her dog back. I gave her back, and there you go. All righty. That gives a whole new meaning to take your dog to work day. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is Vicki and Valor, also known as Prince Fluffybutt. First of all, first of all, I think we need to give a, a real serious round of applause to all of these servers who have been so wonderful to us all weekend long. <laughs> they have been absolutely amazing. I, I really, I'm wondering if some of them home with me to, to clean my house for me. Um, I know this is supposed to be, you know, kind of misbehaving dog story, but you, if I can get this microphone to work right, I'm going to tell you about a misbehaving husband story. <laughs> um, well, my husband's never. Oh, no, we don't have to tell. All right, microphone behavior. Is it on? Okay, there we go. Um, years ago, my husband thought it would be really, really funny to bring fake poop to one of these things. And we kept forgetting. Well, uh, about a month or so ago, we were in a rather funny store, and lo and behold, they had fake poop, so we bought some. And he, I, I'm the one who actually remembered to put it in the bag uh, the, to bring with us. So starting just to the door, this thing is cutting out on me. Um, my husband, you know, it's not. It's kind of lost on us who have no vision. However, it's not lost on those wonderful folks who have been serving us all weekend long. So he starts by, come on, microphone, there we go, dropping fake poop on the floor, watching the reactions of the servers who, many of which so nicely were willing to clean it up. <laughs> and it's, and, and one morning, I think it was, was it yesterday morning breakfast? It was on the floor there and he was going to pick it up and the one gentleman says, no, 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 no. Don't pick it up. I want to get my manager out here. <laughs> so, was it last night? Uh, uh, so, no, that we did it again, too. Come on, buddy. You know we didn't just do it once. So, we have had so much fun with this fake poop. Um, and I told my husband, I said, you know what you have done, don't you? People are so now used to you and your fake poopy that they're going to see a pile on the floor thinking it's his fake poopy, and find out after picking it up that it wasn't fake. And for those of you thinking, oh, no, please don't do that, because <laughs> I can hear some of you going, oh, no. Actually, the staff has been enjoying this prank you know, for the past few days. So never fear, they, they're in on it, actually. But And th some of the remarks last night were, 
oh, please, none of those dogs would ever do that. Come on. And the other prank was, they're protected by law. Let them poop all over the place. <laughs> Which was one of those oops. <laughs> all righty, who is next? Okay, Kyle is making his way to our next victim. Well, we hope you're not a victim. Hello, it's Charlie Crawford again. I'm not going to tell a story about my dogs. You heard all that last night. But I have to tell a story about a friend of mine, Phyllis Mitchell, who's since passed away. She had a black shepherd named Carrie. And one day she was in Cambridge, Massachusetts, visiting with friends. And she was having a good time. But Carrie got bored. So Carrie decided, I'm going home. Carrie left the apartment, went down to the street, found the subway, got on the subway, went to the subway station, got off at the right stop, up the stairs, and over to the apartment. <laughs> and so after all that worry, where's Carrie, where's Carrie? They finally found her at home. <laughs> so there you go. Do not give Roger any ideas, Charlie. <laughs> He's already booked the shuttle to the airport. He's got the Uber ordered. He's ready to go. <laughs> awesome. All righty, next. Hello. This is Buddy Brandon here. Hi, Hi Vicky. <laughs> so this one is sort of a, a story about uh, somewhere in between my previous guide, Leno, and my current guide, Hilda, and when Hilda was sort of being transitioned into full-time employment, well, one day, I went out the front door, and I was going to go to the dollar store up the road about a half a mile, went to the dollar store, I'm about halfway there, and I remember I have to I had to call Melanie, my wife, and ask her Something I, I forget. She needed something, and I had to ask her what it was. So I call her, and I said, Melanie, uh, you know, I asked her whatever, and she says, um, is Hilda with you? I'm thinking, well, I sure hope so. <laughs> so I look down, yeah, yeah, Hilda's with me. There's this dog in this harness, and uh, yeah, she's with me. What's going on? What's What happened? She says, well, somebody just called and, and said that they've got our dog. I said, what? Um... Where's Leno? Oh, Leno's laying out. Oh, no, he's not. So, yeah. So, so um, I was okay. Well, let me let me come back home. So I turn around. Oh no, you know what it was? I was it was that I forgot my wallet, and I had to come back anyway. And I'm almost there. So I go back, and Melanie's aide had had uh, gone up the road to to get. Leno, because Leno just, you know, what what happened was he followed me out and decided, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk with them too. And I didn't hear him. He was he was in stealth mode, so he got up maybe um, half a block, and I don't know something got his attention or something because um, you know he ends up in somebody's yard and, and and we're talking to the person and they they said, oh yeah, I know whose dog that is. That's uh, next door, and they brought the dog to the next door and they said uh, hey uh, we've got your dog and they said no you don't my dog's in the backyard well of course then when I went back you know I mean like this is this is how unobservant sighted people are right because you know here's here's Leno's tag and and everything and 
You'd think that the first thing that, that they would do would be to look at the tag and see who the dog belonged to, but no. That was like the third thing that they did. <laughs> but anyway, it all ended up fine, and Leno, Leno now um, is pretty happy to stay home, and he hasn't followed us out again, but it was, it was pretty funny. He had to supervise the newbie, you know. you got to supervise them. But then again, you know how some of our supervisors are, so... <laughs> Besides that, we all look alike anyway, right? Yeah. All righty. And our next victim. Why am I calling you victims? That's not right. Good morning. This is Sue Crawford. And um, I've got to tell a story about my current dog, Caltag. K-A-L-T-A-G, a village in Alaska. Anyway, so he's a freedom guide dog. And I, he came to our house when he was 17 months old. For training. And uh, so I had my retired dog, Zana, who was 13 at that time, and we had Mason. So at night, they, we put we rearranged the bedroom, so we had three dog beds in the bedroom uh, in, in different corners. And so at night, I would start with Zana, because she was the oldest, and I would give her a good night pat and rub her back and tell her we loved her. And, and Caltag would be running around, he'd be rolling around, he'd be chomping on a bone, he'd be doing all kinds of shenanigans And while I was talking to Zana. And then I would go over to Mason, and, I would, and Mason was waiting right there. He loved his goodnight pat, and I'd rub his belly and talk to him, and Caltag's rolling around on the bed, he's clapping around, he's doing everything. And then I would straighten up, I'd stand up and I'd straighten my back, and turn around, and there in a flash, without any sound at all, was Caltag in his bed looking at me. Okay, Mom, I'm ready to be tucked in. <laughs> yeah, and he did that night after night. He's a clown. And they are creatures of routine. Hey. Hi, I'm Suzanne Wilson, and several years ago, uh, I had a dog named Freya. And we lived in Philadelphia, which is a pretty big city, as you know, obviously. I didn't take Freya's harness off when I needed to take her to relieve because there were times that I needed to just walk very quickly away from where I was, and I didn't have time for the harness. So I left her harness on, and I took her to relieve. She did her business, and then I proceeded on my way, and we were walking along, and I, I started to hear, aww, aww, so cute, and, oh, well, you know, they, we always get that, so I ignored it for a while, and but it just kept going on, and, I, and so this man came up to me, tapped me on the shoulder, he said, I don't know if you realize this, but your dog is chewing on a lollipop, <laughs> and so I... When I looked down, she had the, the round part of the lollipop in her mouth. The stick was hanging out one side, and she was just enjoying her lollipop. She must have picked it up when, we, you know, when she relieved, so that's my story. That's great. <clears throat> All righty. Our next raconteur. That's better than victim. <laughs> This is uh, Billy Guevara from Houston. Um, my first guide dog from the seeing eye was Alcott. And it was a real privilege to work with Alcott because I'm a writer. 
And she's named after a writer, Louisa May Alcott. So for short, I would call her Louisa May. Well, one day me and Louisa May decided to go to a uh, flagship grocery store where they have fresh baked bread and they have all kinds of wines and spirits and everything. And I'm walking with my mother, but of course she's paying attention to what's on the grocery list. Well, lo and behold, we walk through the bread, uh, the fresh bread aisle where they have French breads displayed on tables. I don't know who came up with that idea, but it obviously wasn't a dog owner. And, uh, Mike's cutting off, but it's okay. Um, we get to the register and the cash register goes, are you going to pay for that? And, and we're like, what? We, we put everything on the conveyor. And she goes, no. My mother turns around. She goes, ah! and then we looked, and she had a big old French bread in her mouth carrying it around. And the lady behind us didn't let us know. And she told us, she goes, yeah, she was guiding him. And she walked by, and she grabbed it and kept guiding him. <laughs> So they were nice about it. The manager got a chuckle. They let me have the bread, but of course we didn't give it to Louisa May. So that's my story. That gives a whole new meaning to multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh, someone just asked if it was a purebred retriever. Oh, my. <laughs> All righty. Hi, my name is Rosanna. I'm from Long Island, New York. And um, I have a dog named, well, this is interesting. Her real name is actually Corella, C-O-R, okay, Corella. And I remember when I, when I first got her, um, you know, a friend of mine asked me, oh, what is your dog's name? And I told her, Corella. And she's like, oh, you mean Cruella? You know, like... <laughs> And I was like, no, 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 not not the bad witch lady from, you know, 101 Dalmatians. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, this poor dog is always going to be, you know, have this over her head as Cruella. So <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, I think we have to do something about this. So um, when I met her puppy raiser, um, her puppy raiser said, oh, well, we had the same problem. So we decided to just call her Ella. So um, she answers to both names, both Corella and Ella. So we stuck with we stuck with Ella, and, and a couple of times um, over the summer, I had got gotten one of these, uh, you know, the vinyl baby pools that you get for the kids, and I filled it up with water so she would, you know, on a hot summer day, she'd be able to go out and play in the yard and in in the pool of water. No big deal. I fill it up with water. I put her dog toys in it. She thought this was the cat's meow. She thought it was great. So I fill it up and she goes in there and she takes her front paws and she's she's scooping the water out of the pool with her paws, throwing the water all over the yard. I'm like, what are you doing? She gets out of the pool, takes her toys out, goes to the end of the pool <clears throat> and drags the pool across the yard. Aww. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? 
<laughs> and I asked, so I asked her puppy raiser about it. She goes, yeah, she's always done that. She said, I don't know what it is about, about dragging the pool with the water in it. And I'm like, that's what made me realize how strong she was for a, for a 55-pound dog. But she's got personality, and I love her. And she's, she likes to be a tease. And um, you know how you hang um, dish towels on the end of your stove on the, the, the railing? Yeah, well, I don't do that anymore. Because Ella goes over there, if I'm in the kitchen and she knows I'm there, she'll deliberately steal them, run in another room with them so that I can go in there and tell her, no, you can't have it. <laughs> so they, I realized that there's so many funny things that, that they do, and they're such great. We don't give them enough credit for what they can do and what they know. They are awesome guides, awesome friends to have around, and I just love her and thank Guide Dog Foundation for her as well. Great. And, and what Rosanna doesn't tell you is that when Ella is naughty, she does get called Cruella. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we have up next? Stories of many. Alrighty. So I, this is Sam again. I have another one about my retired guy, Mason. And this is about how he trained people. Um, so you know they always tell us at, at the guide dog schools, when someone's walking with you, they need to walk behind your right shoulder. And um, obviously, sadly, you know, most people we know, they don't do that. They just will not, for whatever reason. So he, he developed a little system where if they would... Um, walk if, if they would walk in front of us and he decided they were blocking his path he would just walk through them they would go out of the way it didn't matter and then if they were walking with us you know how people want to walk right, right side by side with you and talk whatever and all that and there was we'd be on I mean the widest sidewalk you can imagine didn't matter how wide it was he would scooch over and every time he would knock them either in the grass or in the road every time I mean and you would put and we tried different directions try okay left side right side however and every time he would once we got going and figure out where they were, he'd reach over and just bump them off. And eventually people learn, okay, I guess they had to walk where they were supposed to with them. <laughs> Fabulous. Do we have anyone who has not told a story yet? Okay, well, let's get the hey, mic My to name you. is Marie, and I right now have Azalea, but um, we've had some great stories this morning. I'm going to kind of go to away from the humorous and, and share another story, though I have many, many humorous stories to share about my dogs. Um, after I finished college, um, I started working in a uh, mental health facility, and these individuals that I worked with had been on the ward for many, many years, and we had a program where it was called a quarter-way program, and it was a little bit res least res less restrictive than that that they used to live in. And when I started, I said I want the most difficult um, patients to work with because that's a good introduction for me going forward in my career. So I did get that. Um, the one of the individuals I was assigned with um, had not spoken because of his serious mental illness that he had for many, many years. And my first guide dog, Pax, who some of you in this room do know, um, she was a wonderful guide dog. She was the first, and she was very special. 
and I loved her to pieces as I do all my other dogs. But she was just very special. Well, because he didn't communicate verbally that well, he would kind of make sounds and growl and everything. We had to figure out a way to communicate with each other because we were going to be working with each other. Well, <clears throat> the story ends up that as a result of the relationship that he developed with Pax, he loved her um, and was very patient with her. He, after probably 20 years, began to speak again. And his mother came in to the hospital one day to see him. And he stood up and he said, hi, mom. I'd like to introduce you to my friend Pax. And it was just amazing. And again, the power, the power of our dogs. Hi, my name's Melvin Reynolds, and I'm from Michigan. I, just shortly after I moved to Michigan, um, at the beginning of, or middle of last year, um, my second guide dog, Strider, which was a black poodle, uh, we got, we had an egg lady. We'd go buy fresh eggs off of her, and she lived on a farm, and she had all kinds of farm animals. So we got out of the Jeep one day, and we were standing there waiting for her to come over, and she comes over and she's giggling and she's laughing. Well, in the process, I can feel Strider take a step forward and then a step back and a step forward. And, a step, and, he's, and I'm kind of like, what is he doing? And I stick my hand out and there is a baby lamb and they are touching noses back and forth with each other. And there was definite confusion on both parts, I'm sure. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joyce Dribben. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I grew up in Massachusetts. My first seeing eye dog, what do I do? Oh, okay. My first dog was named Spot. She was a donation to Seeing Eye. Cards said she was born on April. There are only 30 in April. Um, but Spot developed a very unique way to get me through crowds. When I started at the University of Pittsburgh, was moving into the dorms, she, would, she took her big black nose and nudged people out of the way. <clears throat> and I thought she had limited that but I discovered at a folk festival that that was how she got me through crowds, by nudging people out of the way. And one day I was walking to work, and I worked at a child guidance center. We had a lot of medical students. And what happens is that somebody comes up to me and goes, I don't think you knew what Spot was doing on the way to work this morning, and I didn't want to tell you because I was afraid you'd make her stop. And I'm like, okay, what was she doing? And apparently there were these herds of medical students on their nice, brand-new white coats all over the sidewalk. All the sighted people got off the sidewalk and walked around them. Not in spot. She nose and gently nudged people out of the way. Well, we're going to try trading microphones to see, but when you get the microphone, um, hold it like you're drinking a can of soda. 
<laughs> yep, hold it like you're drinking a can of soda. Yep, yep. There you go. So there we go. See spot run. See people run. <laughs> Watch people move. <laughs> All righty. So any more first stories? All righty. Kyle is on his way. Okay, well, I, I can't really think of a really funny story, but this is the, the story of my last two dogs and how different they were and how it real we really realized it when we um my my um I had a shepherd that I got from seeing I in 2015 and she would bark at my work which wasn't really very acceptable cuz I work in an underground federal facility and so people didn't really appreciate her barking so she had to retire, and my friends have her, and they've had shepherds all their lives. So it was a really great placement for her because she loves them, and they and they knew her already from her being with me because they're my friends. And so she lives over there. And so then after I got Cagney the Golden Retriever, uh, I have here with me now, um, we decided after, you know, Cags was home for a while that we were going to invite Jessica over to have them play. Well, it was amazing the difference in the dogs, and their temperament, which we already knew. <laughs> and my two daughters were there who were in their 20s. And so Jessica comes over and they, they go out in the yard and they're playing and, and, and they're running and playing and running and playing after about, and, and you, you got to also know that when I first got Cagney, it was such a, a difference that I nicknamed her Docile Dog. <laughs> And I kept calling her docile dog for about a week because it was such a, like a flipping a light switch between the two dogs. So when Jess comes over, they're running and running and running. After about five minutes, Jess is still running with Kelly and Aaron, my daughters, and Cagney's just laying on the ground. <laughs> like, okay, I'm tired now. You guys can keep playing all afternoon if you want, but, and I, and I said, and the girls afterwards, after Jess went home, they says, wow, mom, now we really understand the difference between the two dogs, and we love Cagney so much. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, folks, we are going to go until around 8.30. So if, if you all have stories, funny, touching, or otherwise, I'm going to jump in here and give you some time to think, and we'll take the first-timers. These people at this table are having way too much fun. <laughs> and I'm going to get some more coffee. But this is a grocery store story. And it's one of those oops kind of stories. So we're in the checkout lane. This is my husband, Kent, and, and his dog, Jackson. Action Jackson. Well, Action Jackson. Um, the, you know how when you're in the checkout lane and sometimes the checkout thing is on your left and on your right is the person checking out the other lane and that area is open. Well, Jackson kind of reached over and was poking the woman at the checkout lane to the right and she jumped and screamed and um, she was afraid of dogs but she jumped and screamed and started yelling, get him away from me, get him away from me. Well, she had been scanning an item, and she had that item held out in front of her in a strategic place, and Jackson was going right for it. And Kent is like, what are you doing? The item was a package of bacon. 
Ups. All righty, so who is our next raconteur? Hi, um, this is Mary Tyson, and I'm from Daytona, and I want to tell you a story about my first guide, Jazz. I used to call her Jazz the Wonder Dog. She's my first guide in a yellow lab, and I loved her, and she was amazing. But she was quite the princess, and she did not like to have her feet get wet, which is kind of difficult. You live in Florida. There's a lot of water. You know, she wasn't big on water of any kind, but... The funny story, and there were so many, but the, the one I'll tell you now is I had two, I had two young nieces at the time. Well, they're still younger than me, but you know, that back then they were like seven and nine. And I didn't know that they were kind of in cahoots with jazz. I didn't realize this. And I heard them whispering behind me. We were getting out of the car at a store and they were like, watch this, watch this. I'm like, uh oh. And I'm not paying attention. I, 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 what are they up to, you know? But I never have a clue. They're kids. What are they doing? They're following behind us. There was a big puddle of water. And Jazz the Precious walked right around the puddle and walked me right through it. <laughs> they knew that was going to happen, and they were just waiting to see what I would do. It was very funny. I still enjoy that story. Oh, my. Yep, been there, had that happen. <laughs> and who is our next? Hi, this is Tony Ames again. Two things. I'm not leaving the hotel until tomorrow, so if anybody has to check out, you could come to 918 and keep me company until you're plain. But I have to say I have a favorite Janine story. She tells about needing to relieve her dog in the pouring rain. And she's in the parking lot, decides she's going to do it right there. So she takes the... <laughs> Someone just asked, what about the dog? Yes. <laughs> I'm ignoring that. She, she takes off the harness, and I don't remember which one of these dogs, which one was your dog at the time. But anyway, the dog is making circles and getting ready to do her thing. And a woman comes up to Janine, and they say it's pouring rain, and Jean has her raincoat on and everything. And the woman taps her and says, Miss, if you'd put the harness on, maybe he wouldn't be so confused and he could guide you out of here. <laughs> and my response was, as soon as he stops going to the bathroom, I'm sure he'll do that. <laughs> Do we? Whoops! There we go. Whoops! You can tell I need more coffee. Do we have any more first-time uh, stories? Okay. Oh, I bet so, we do. actually, I have two stories, but I'll tell one now and then give someone else a chance. Um, I'm in Publix supermarket. Um, I'm in Publix. Uh, supermarket and who are you? With um, a a puppy raiser and myself. <laughs> And it was on, I think, a top dog weekend in Florida. And her, the, the puppy that she had had an accident. So the puppy raiser picked up the poop with a plastic bag and put it in my cart. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. 
So now we went to check out. <laughs> and I put my pretzels on the conveyor belt and the soda. And, you know, naturally I left <laughs> the food in the shopping cart. <laughs> so the checkout person was very proficient at her job and wanted to do a very good job at Publix and says, Miss, you didn't put everything on the belt. <laughs> I said, oh, I said, but we didn't buy this here. <laughs> so, okay, so <laughs> with that, I, w I had to put it on the belt. <laughs> and she went, oh, <laughs> when she realized it was poop. <laughs> um, price check, price check. <laughs> Ooh. Well, that's, that's very precious. Um, so does anyone else want to go? And to all of you who have to run, bye-bye, have safe travels. And excuse me, folks. Hi. We have, all right. Hi, my name is Janae Gates, and my dog is Tuesday. She's my first guide dog. I've had her for like 18 months. Uh, last week, we go to a lot of concerts, and last week we were at one, and the group was playing Jimmy Buffett. And we were, bro. And she's laying there. She's gets up every once in a while and changes position, but she was just laying there listening to the music, during the intermission, a lady comes up and taps on my shoulder. And she said, um, I went back to the concession stand, and I got this And I want to tear it in half and put it in your dog's ears. Because the music's too loud. Karen <laughs> said, uh, no, you don't have to do that. And she said, but dog, it's a devere. This music has Oops, you need to hurt her ears. She's drink actually, your microphone. She's actually enjoying the concert. Thank you very much. <laughs> and you all know that there are the things called mutt muffs that can go over your dog's ears. And one of our graduates who took their dog to a concert had on the mutt muffs. And they're, you know, near the front row, and one of the members of the band, I don't even know who they were seeing, it might have even been a local group, came by, you know, as everybody was getting settled in. He's going through the audience, and he looked at the dog and said, we're not that bad. <laughs> Hi, it's Margo again, real quick. Um, a bunch of us went to see the Phantom of the Opera on Broadway at the Majestic Theater, and it was wonderful. And but during uh, during the um, the intermission, there was uh, one of the the guide dog next to me had a bone and uh, a play bone, and it dropped into the orchestra pit, <laughs> and so and so. I was waving my hands. Can somebody get? And I almost toppled over into the orchestra pit. We were right there, 
And at the same time that happened, this is kind of a side note, whenever other people had to go to the bathroom, so he was jumping over the gates at the end of the seats to go to the bathroom. But um, uh, we never got that bone back, but it was really fun. I was I almost dove right into the orchestra pit trying to, and, it, and I was laughing so hard. That gives a whole new meaning to throw me a bone. <laughs> um, oh. Okay, so um, I'm going to tell a story about Coco, my last guide dog. And she was um, always getting into trouble. She, In fact, they shortly after I got her, they offered to take her back. But, you know, we grow so attached to them, I said no. So now I like to travel. And now I find myself in a hotel room in Tel Aviv, uh, in a very nice hotel. And uh, we go to sleep at night. Me, Coco, sleeps on the floor next to the bed. And at night, I hear a commotion going on in the room. But I am too tired to get up and look. And I said to myself, <clears throat> nothing terrible can happen. I'll, I'll check it out in the morning. <laughs> well, I get up in the morning, and there were two little love seats in the room, like put together. Uh, Coco took off both cushions, off the, off the love seats, put them together like a bed. And there she is, spread out eagle, <laughs> sleeping like a princess on both cushions. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we yeah. want them to problem solve, right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. We have a few other folks before we wrap it up. <clears throat> I'm sorry, before I lose my voice. <laughs> Hi, this is Cheryl Hedrick. Uh, my guide dog is a black and tan from southeastern Houston. Uh, I was flying from Boston to Washington, and the stewardess came up and said, what a beautiful Rottweiler. And I said, I said, no, ma'am, I've got a lab. And she says, oh, honey, you're blind. It could be a poodle. You wouldn't know. <laughs> Well, you folks, I am forever. And you know, I mean, I work for a guide dog school. You'd think I know what kind of dogs our graduates have, and I am forever mixing up the black and yellow dog. Well, they told me it was a yellow one. What do you mean you have a black lab? <laughs> You're supposed to have a yellow. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> this is this is Nancy Burgess Hall. Um, Doug, um, I gave Doug my cold, so he wasn't able to come down, but um, he's always been very strict with his dogs. He's had seven so far, and um, he doesn't allow them to have people food or to beg. Well, I have two interesting stories of two different dogs. The first one, Trojan, soon after we were married, I, we had a party up where I grew up and my friends came. And my one girlfriend came into the kitchen while we were getting drinks ready. And she said, don't you have a rule about not eating people food? And I said, yes. She said, well, I'm trying to tell my husband this. So I went out and I said to her husband, no, you can't give the dog people food. He said, but your dog is so hungry. 
And I said, what do you mean? He's not allowed to beg. He says, oh, no, he's not begging. And I said, well, then what makes you think he needs food? He says, well, look at him. He looks so sad. And I said, he's begging. <laughs> and then in another case, uh, this was a later dog. I believe it was Easton. Um, we were at home, and my father was living with us temporarily. And um, Dad had made me a sandwich and made him a sandwich. And I was in the other room. And I come into the room, into the dining room, and on the floor is an empty plate. Um, my plate on the table was untouched. And I said to my dad, I said, well, what happened here? He says, oh, I don't know. And the dog obviously had eaten my dad's sandwich but hadn't touched mine. My dad said, well, a few days ago I noticed the same thing, that my sandwich, I thought I'd made it, and it disappeared. I said, the dog knows the rules. He won't touch mine, but he touches yours. <laughs> And that would be intelligent disobedience right there. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. This is, oh, I got to know who I am. All right. I'm Audrey, and I'm. Oh, drink, your, drink your microphone there, Audrey. I, I'm a whole There you go. All right. I got you. Thank you. Anyway, I'm going to tell you Zach's story. Now, as most of you know, we, we frequent church quite a bit. And uh, as much as we love these dogs, when they get wet, they still smell like dogs. And in order to avoid that smell, when it rains, I have raincoats for my puppies. And we were up in Illinois in an area that wasn't familiar with dogs whatsoever, much less service dogs. And we were leaving a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> and I heard this little boy say as we were leaving out of the door, Mama, I promise there really was a dog in here and he really was wearing a raincoat. <laughs> Hi, this is Melissa. So my previous guide dog, Lexi, was super good. Never got into anything. Had impeccable house manners. Never climbed on counter anything. So one day I made lobster raviolis and they were good. And so I put them on the table, I ate some, and then I left to go um, write an email. I came back looking forward to them and they were gone. And it turns out my dog climbed up on the chair and ate them right out of the bowl. Mm-mm, good. <laughs> Hi, this is Charlie Crawford again. I gotta tell one more story. And uh, it involves New Hampshire, so I have to have my New Hampshire accent for that. And I, I'd gone up to New Hampshire after leaving the CNI in New York, and I got up to New Hampshire, and I was staying with my granny's place, and I walked a mile downtown just to give Patsy some exercise. Got downtown, went into the country store. At that time, I used to smoke, and so I bought myself a pack of cigarettes and uh, went up to the counter, and the guy said, okay, that'll be uh, 42 cents. I said, 42 cents? Yeah. What do you mean 42 cents? Well, you got 35 cents for the cigarettes. I said, that's right. He said, and uh, seven cents for the candy. I said, what candy? <laughs> candy your dog just ate. 
Hi, this is Sue Crawford, and my I was flying from San Francisco back to Boston um, with my first guide dog, Sasha. And um, we're on the plane. This was way back in the days when they actually used to, the airlines used to provide full meals, a full dinner. And so it was a, a giant plane and all that. So they came, the, the flight attendants came around and they gave us all dinners and they said, would you like a dinner for your dog? And I said, oh, no, 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 thank you. And then later the flight attendant came around and she said, you know, we have some extra um, and it's, I, I forget what it was. She said, but it would be fine for your dog. And I said, oh, thank you. I said, you are so sweet. I said, but, but you know, she can't eat people food. Oh, the flight attendant said in a very loud voice, no one would mistake this for people food. <laughs> and that wasn't even Southwest where they like that kind of humor. <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh. We have time for a couple more stories before I finish it out. Ah, over to on the left side of the room. We have not my left, your right. Over here. Wave your arms, Kyle. Wave your arms. Over here. All right. I don't know if I'm next. Oh. Hi, I'm Marcy Weinberg. And I have my very first guide dog, Pebbles, from Guide Dog Foundation. And we had friends visiting um, a few weeks ago, and they have a small dog, a terrier, named Hugo. And we were sitting in our den, and Pebbles, of course, no leash, no harness or anything. And they had Hugo's leash on. I guess they were going to take him out or just had taken him out. And out of nowhere, Pebbles walked over picked up Hugo's leash, and started walking him around our coffee table. So I guess she figured, you know, the nurturing she nurtured takes me for a walk, she would take Hugo for a walk. It was very cute. Always on duty. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bree Rummery, and um, I have, um, of course, Jaden from Fidelco. And um, Marcy and I are dear friends. So this actually happened at Marcy's house. Um, but the year before last, we were visiting, and actually, Jaden um, chased her cat, fell, and actually um, fractured her foot. So we go to the vet emergency, and they cast her up because it was the last day I was visiting, and I had to get back home. And so there she is. We get through the Allentown Airport with some help, and we get to the Atlanta Airport. And, of course, they come and go, do you need assistance getting off the plane? And just luckily, I brought my cane as well in case something happens, of course. And so, you know, they um, come and get me. I get off the plane, and the guy shows up with, of course, the wonderful wheelchair. And for those who have never been to the Atlanta airport, it is huge. And there is no way my dog, who is limping in this beautiful pink cast with little stars and moons and everything on it, and she said, look at my cast. And um, so anyway... They come, and there's the guy with the wheelchair, and I have a little bit of vision, so I'm looking at the, you know, to the, to the left and right of me, and I go, oh, no, 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 no. It's not for me. It's for my dog. And you have to put my dog in this wheelchair and wheel her through the Atlanta airport, because there's no way she's walking through this airport. And he was like, really? And I went, really? And he did it. 
And so there she was being wheeled through the Atlanta airport with her little foot up going, hi, look at me. I'm just imagining the meme right now for those of you who do do that kind of thing. That would have definitely gone viral. For those folks who don't know, a meme is a picture of something. It's hard to explain. But anyway, it would have been wonderful. That would have been great. Hi, I'm Janet Ingber, and I have my second dog, Pete, here with me. He is half lab, half smooth-coated collie from Freedom. And yesterday, uh, since John Byfield works for Freedom now, lucky us, we got him. <laughs> um, he asked if I wanted to go take a walk with Pete, so you know, because Pete was having a couple issues. So we go for a walk, and I think he might need to go do some business. But we're working, and we go inside. And as soon as we get inside, on the carpet, in front of John Byfield and everybody else that's around, my dog poops. That is one of life's most... In front of anybody else, I wouldn't care. <laughs> but in front of John, um, so, I mean, he was very calm about it. I was very calm about it. But it was definitely one of life's most embarrassing moments. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And that's one of those just uh, things that defy the rule that they're always perfect when there's an instructor around. <laughs> Until there's the instructor around. <laughs> okay, hi, I'm Peter. I have a guide dog from GDF. He's a black lab. Now, JJ, for the, of the, just of the story, he's 101 pounds, so you cannot miss this dog. I went to a doctor's office, and there was one woman in the waiting room when I walked in, and I sat, JJ went under the seat, and the woman and I were conversing for like maybe five, ten minutes. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, my God, there's a dog under your seat. So I put my hand down. And I go, oh, my God, whose dog is this? <laughs> I, oh, my gosh. And I can't even tell you that Peter does this all the time. <laughs> and we love him for it, too. Well, we have time for one more story before we wrap up. So who has not told a story yet? Well, jump up and down. All right. Hello. My name, my name is Julia from um, Texas, of course. And I have my first guide dog. I have my first guide dog from the Guide Dog Foundation. Janine, yes, I did, in fact, jump up and down. Because you told me to. So I did. And... So when I went and got my guide dog, of course, you know, me having my first guide dog, I was like, this dog is perfect. This is amazing. This is going to be awesome. Well, we get, we get home and a few months later, um, I, I was in the kitchen doing something and I hear my mom go, Jay, come get your dog. And, and I'm like, uh-oh, that sounds bad. She sounds mad. And then I'm like, hey, at least it's not at me that she sounds mad. And um, so I walk in there, and my perfect, amazing, awesome dog is on the couch. I don't know why she got the idea that she was supposed to be on the couch, but to this day, we're working on breaking that. <laughs> so, yeah. See, and what, what we tell um, Julia's mom, Cynthia, this is getting you used to grandchildren, okay? <laughs> this is it, you know. 
And I remember those words so well with my sister and her son. Jackie, come get your child. (laughs) Well, I'm going to wrap this up with a couple fun stories. i got two short ones. The absolute joy our dogs take in being naughty. GDUI convention, Louisville, big GDUI suite, beautiful, fabulous, all kinds of dog toys and stuff. And I have Molly. Many of you remember Molly, my lab poodle cross, the Paris Hilton of guide dogs. Molly, Molly had no recall unless you were a man in uniform and she'd be right there. <laughs> Which came in handy on the road actually, but we won't talk about that. But, but Molly decided we, we, it's the last day of the suite, you know, and we're getting ready to pack up and we closed the door and we all who had been working there decided to let our dogs play. This was a re- royally bad idea, okay? Molly, the second her harness and leash were taken off, ran over to the large basket of stuffed dog bones and pulled out the, and these were these 18 inch large fluffy stuffed bones. She pulled out the hot pink one, which was Molly's color, and ran joyfully around the room for about half an hour. <laughs> like, even food did not tempt her. I attempted to buy it, and uh, no, it, 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 it never got, it ended up getting thrown away because by that time she had torn a hole in it. She was so happy though with her hot pink bone. and. Of course, you all know, if you have one of those dogs, the minute you laugh, it's over. And the dog is like, ah, you laughed. Homer Simpson, you laughed, it's okay. <laughs> well, with Molly, we laughed, and it was okay. <laughs> so my last story is one that in these sensitive times, you feel terrible, you know, offending somebody. But this was kind of funny, actually. Um, I'm at a Greyhound station in Columbus, and I'm getting ready to board a bus, and I had Swap. And Swap was a big, tall dog, and he had a huge nose. And he liked to poke people. I mean, he wouldn't sniff you. He'd just poke you. And in front of us in line was a lady and her small children, and she was a Muslim lady in, in full dress. Oh, you see where this is going, don't you? Uh-huh. So we're waiting in line. She was okay. She didn't actually know there was a dog behind her. You know, she hadn't turned around. And one of her little ones did something, and she bent over to pick up whatever the little one had dropped and swapped went in at full speed and nearly knocked her over, poking her in the rear end. She jumped up, saw the dog, screamed. We got boarded on the bus first. <laughs> and, I, and I said, this is probably not good. She's got to walk past us to get on the bus. This poor lady is probably totally traumatized. I felt so horrible. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> so, yep, that's life. I want to thank everybody for coming out, coming to Top Dog. Can you imagine the fun we're going to have 2019? We're going to have flying cars and all that. So, hey, by then we might be able to get to Georgia with our self-driving cars, right? You never know. That'll be a whole new wayfinding presentation. (laughs) We thank you all so much. Have safe travels home. Please thank the wonderful staff here at the Holiday Inn. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, ACB Radio.